Here are the highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. Visit freetalklive.com for the full episode. Here tonight, it's Ian and Chris. Ricky, you're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead. Thank you there, brother Ian. Real quickly before I start, I will say Governor DeSantis really sucks. I'm glad I live in the Commonwealth. I'm sure you live in New Hampshire. Happy that you live in New Hampshire. You know, I don't miss Florida, but, I mean, all of the governors of Florida suck. Florida sucks. All governors suck everywhere. They're all t- uh, little tyrants. So, like, you know, one one versus another, I don't really necessarily have a preference. I guess if I had to say the New Hampshire governorship in general is probably better than Florida because it's a fairly weak governorship here in New Hampshire, mm-hmm. meaning that the governor in New Hampshire cannot approve spending without the approval are spending over like I think it's like fifteen hundred or fifteen thousand dollars. Either way, a fairly small number for governor or government's sake. Mm-hmm. Uh, he cannot approve that without the approval of a five-person what they call the executive council here in New Hampshire. Yeah. So there's a there's a bit of a check on that person, that individual's power, at least here in New Hampshire. Uh, anyway, Ricky, what were you calling about tonight? Well, on to tonight's topic, if I could. Sure. You know, first of all, I wanted to mention just one thing to clear up, and this is important to what I'm saying. When it comes to SS or SSD, they're they're the same thing. SS or SSD? What's that? Well, Social Security is for retirement, and then the only difference with SSD is you take it early. And that's what, disability? Because you've gained a disability, so you take it early. They're the same otherwise. Okay, let's continue. All right, here's the improvements. You know, there's there are some Republicans that are saying about improvements, but they don't have any, so I came up with some, you know. First improvement, uh, there are jokers out there when they raise the age of 70, and they say, oh, if you live so long, let's get rid of it. Lower it to 60. That's the first improvement. How are you going to afford that? Huh? How are you going to afford that? You do understand that Social Security is going to run out of money, right, like within the next few decades? Yeah, but the reality is most people that based on the 67 years old, when they take full, they only get up to 25% of their money. Sure, it's a scam. So, that, so that's that. So yeah, that's, no, I get, I get what you're saying. Group. It's a, it, The whole system is designed as a scam operation. It well, basically, that's why I get to the second. I got okay. a better one. Go ahead. Here's a second improvement. Now, this may be controversial, but I think it's a good one. Here's how this works. Now, by default, Social Security comes out starting with your first paycheck, fine and dandy. By default, you know, it does. But here's what you can do. At a point of your choosing, you can opt out. But here's, there's only one hitch. Say you work five years, you opt out, you don't get to opt in again. It just stays. That's great. I agree with that one. It would be be a logistics nightmare. Yeah, I agree with that one. I think people should opt out of Social Security on day one. And then save for their save for their own uh, old age, save for their own retirement, because yeah, you cannot you cannot trust. <laughs> you, I gotta get this third one in, Ian. I thought right, you only had two. One. I got a third one. All right, go ahead. Here's the third one. The third one actually came from Governor Sununu, the start of it. He gave me the initial idea, and that's bring it down to the state level, because he said they can do it better. I agree with that, but I got more to add to it. See, if you bring it down to the state level, what you can then do is tailor it to the wages of, say, Pennsylvania as opposed to California. And also, it would be based, you could base it on the economic state of that state. It would make more sense. Now, these are three. All right, a little bit of decentralization. You know, there's nothing necessarily inherently wrong with that. The United States does produce a lot of stuff. So what it ends up being is if you looked at, say, Walmart, this is actually where my numbers come from. Walmart basically said that when, uh, if you look at their, their prices, their prices basically went up 13% across the board. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just averaged out basically based on the 25% tariff that so was because, imposed. What you mean is some things they're selling come from outside of the country. Some come from inside. So overall, right. the tariffs r- amounted to the, tw- the 25% on some portion of their products overall averaged out to 13%. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. So, so yeah, I'm not, I'm not okay. perfectly describing this, but, and I'm not perfectly accurate when I say 13%, uh, you know, you're losing 13%, mm-hmm. but it's something along those lines. You can conceptually understand like what's happening with, you know, with, with, with how you're being taxed yeah. through these secret hidden taxes. And of course that doesn't actually, it's worth pointing out, tariffs don't hurt the country that you're, t- 
tariffing. It hurts no. the American people. <laughs> right. It, it hurts is, the people who want to get a better price on something. This is why I call it a hidden tax, because that's sure. really all you're doing is, is you're increasing the cost of living for right. your own people. And, you know, it, it's it's uh, it, and it's not it, and it might be like, OK, 25 percent or 13 percent. Let's say 13 eh, percent. You know, you can I can I can live with 30 percent less money each year. Right. But it's not 13 percent because there's it, that's just one example of a hidden tax. Mm-hmm. There's all sorts of other hidden tax. There are employment taxes. When I hire an employee, um, there is a percentage of his paycheck that he'll see that, you know, uh, that of, of his um, pay of, of his pay. Right. That we promised him. Well, the problem with this is that, yes, he sees a certain amount, maybe 15 percent or whatever it is on his pay stub. We're talking about like Social Security, for instance. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, it, yeah. Because uh, isn't half of that paid by the employer and then half paid by the employee? Yeah, and it, the half you don't see. Well, that's 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 one way you you, you say it. But right. what I'm what I'm trying to get at, it's yeah. So so you see your half on the paycheck, but you don't see the other half right. that the employer paid. Yeah, exactly, right? exactly. So right. the employer is paying. So that's really your money, but you're right. just not being told that your you no your paycheck would be yeah. higher when you first started working if it wasn't for the fact that the right. government was making the employer pay a certain amount to the government. Now, you you are a minor employer. You do have some employees, I guess, at, at, at your thing. Yeah, we, we also have some contractors and so forth, too. But, yeah. Is there a rule that would say that when you make a pay stub for somebody, there's obviously there's the check, the check portion that they remove and they deposit in the bank, and then there's that stub part which has got, you know, Social Security, Medicare, yeah. uh, income tax or withholding or whatever, those different items on there. Is it legal to add your own fourth line and here's what we would be paying you if we didn't have to pay Social Security and, like, have that extra number on there? Or would that violate some kind of international uh, you know, uh, IRS code or whatever? I'm, I'm not a lawyer. Yeah. Um. I can't imagine that it would. It's like it would just be telling but, the truth, you know, like right, this is what right. you're missing out on. But, like, let's say for some reason you can't put it on the pay stub itself mm-hmm. for some reason. I don't see why I don't see I, I can't imagine that there's some law that says yeah, you can't tell people about it. Right? It's it's a law. It's yeah. on the books. Right. 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 Yeah. So and those are all public numbers. Every employer has to know and has to know and then do whatever it is. the You know, that law says. So, yeah. And it's like and it's not even like it's just this one. You know, it's this one tax. You've also then got, you know, income taxes. You've got uh sales tax sales taxes that you're, most people are paying anyway. Um, there's use taxes that most people don't even know about that they're not paying, but they're supposed to be paying. Um, there are, uh, it's incalculable. I mean, you could just continue rattling these things off. I mean, gas taxes Mm -hmm, on the gasoline mm -hmm. to get the product where you are, the, uh, taxes on the electricity in the showroom for the product that you're buying off the shelf at Walmart. Property taxes. Yeah. You know, just all of it. You you can't even calculate. Yeah. And even if you rent, you're paying your landlord's property taxes. (laughs) So. There, there's, it's, it's insane. The amount of money that is actually, you know, you're not, you're, I mean, depending on how you do the math, it's, it, you know, it's something probably, you know, I've always said it was something like I've done the math and I, I think I figured it was at least something like half. 78% yeah. of your income is going to government, but God, it's, it's probably insane. way higher than that. We got John on the line calling us from Tennessee. Listen to WGOW. Go ahead, John. Hey buddy. How are you guys doing? What's on your mind tonight? Uh, I want to talk about the Chinese balloons that we've suddenly have had have encountered our airspace. And hmm. is this going to lead to a new Cold War that we'll wow. have with China that will benefit both nations in war spending? The, the balloons have been coming uh, probably for I, I don't even know how many. I'm sure many, 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 many decades. Um, these are not new. This is just a new issue like where they're making a media stink about it. Um, this is standard kind of, uh, you know, intelligence, you know, gathering kind of stuff. Well, also, um, there's an economic fallacy in your question, John, which is that spending on war does not benefit the economy. It only benefits the military industrial complex at the price of everybody else being able to do what they want with their money. Right. And that's what I want to know is like, is this something that we're is going to be kind of the hidden 9-11 thing that we don't know about? And is it something that is the government's hiding from us that we're not where the where the private citizen is not known what is going on? And 
you know, 9-11 could have been anything. We don't know. I mean, it was a terrible catastrophe, catastrophe, whatever. Um, and then this Chinese spy balloon just pops up at the end of Joe Biden's term where he's about to be reelected. And then here we go with this. And then I don't know. I, I don't trust the government one bit at all. Well, that's at definitely all. a takeaway here. I mean, that you can always assure yourself that the government's never going to tell you the truth. So no. whatever it is that's really going on, you're probably not going to find out until much later. I mean, it took them, what was it, 50, 60 years before they finally, somebody told the truth about the John F. Kennedy assassination and the CIA uh, being involved in, and behind that. So, I mean, good good luck getting good information anytime around when the thing happens. Who knows what's yeah. really going on? Yeah, a, a lot of this stuff is kept secret for 50, 60 years or more. Um, I, I It's funny because it's... If Make you, sure everybody who did it's already gone and, right. and can't be held responsible. Right. Um, there's so many wars we've gotten involved in where we blew up our own ships or, you know, we basically created the justification for going to war in the first yeah. place. Um, it's false even, flags, false flags. Yeah. Yeah. False the, flag stuff. Even like, even stuff that like, I, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the evidence is less clear on some of this stuff. Like, like some of the false, potentially false flags, but like, just as an example, uh, I think one thing that, you know, has been kind of debated, uh, for, I don't know, at least decades, um, is whether or not, uh, whether or not, so Japan apparently sent us a message declaring war before, um, the Japanese invaded uh, and bombed yeah. Hawaii, Pearl Harbor. Just, yeah. Pearl Harbor, as just as yeah. an example. And the uh, there were orders from uh, like the president or something, I believe, uh, to like basically have the um, what is it the the they basically ignored it. Yeah, well, well, no, no, no. But they had the planes turn themselves around so they couldn't take off, and it right. might be uh, it might have been the case that. The reason that that order was given was because they misinterpreted, um, like they misinterpreted, somebody misinterpreted something. So, or, or like a communication issue between maybe a general and the president. And so the threat was interpreted as being like terrorism as opposed to Jap- Japanese, uh, you know, striking. But it could also be simply, you know, the sort of the excuse in order to justify going to war with Japan, right? Are you referring to the, uh, are you aware of the McCollum memo? Uh, it might be what I'm talking about. What, what, go it ahead. I'm not sure. Kind of like the, what you're talking about. So the yeah, McCullough I mean, memo, my memory might not be perfect yeah. on on some of this stuff. So the McCullough memo was written by the the U.S. federal government. It was essentially a plan on how to manipulate the Japanese into striking first. October seventh, nineteen forty, more than a year before Pearl Harbor. This is an excerpt from the uh, the McCullough memo. This is uh, the later portion of it, part whatever it was, page four. Uh, where they get into some suggested things. Here's a quote. It is not believed that in the present state of political opinion, the United States government is capable of declaring war against Japan without more ado and is barely possible that vict- vigorous action on our part might lead the Japanese to modify their attitude. Therefore, the following course of action is suggested. A. Make an arrangement with Britain for the use of British bases in the Pacific, particularly Singapore. B. Make an arrangement with the Netherlands for the use of base facilities and acquisition of supplies in the Dutch East Indies. C. Give all possible aid to the Chinese government of Chiang Kai-shek. D. Send a division of long-range heavy cruisers to the Orient, Philippines, or Singapore. E. Send two divisions of submarines to the Orient. F. Keep the main strength of the U.S. fleet now in the Pacific in the vicinity of the Hawaiian Islands. G. Insists that the Dutch refuse to grant Japanese demands for undue economic concessions, particularly oil. H. So that was part of the whole embargo, the oil uh, for the Japanese. Right. Cut, yeah. them, cut them off. Right, right, give them right, a reason right. to strike out. Well, they did that, didn't they? Yes, before they did. The Japanese struck. Yes, they the did. Oil. They yeah. embargoed it, the oil. And that was, and, and that's, that's it's H. always the oil. So here's H. Completely, it's the oil. completely embargo all U.S. trade with Japan in collaboration with a similar embargo imposed by the British Empire. So, I mean, you're talking about an economic act of war, basically, oh, against yeah. Japan without actually coming right out and dropping bombs against them. We're going to cut off their oil. We're going to cut off their ability to trade with the, the Dutch for oil. We're going to cut off all U.S. trade with Japan. And then the final se- the final sentence here is, quote, if by these means Japan could be led to commit an overt act of war, so much the better. 
at all events, we must be fully prepared to accept the threat of war. It's right there in black yeah. and white, more than a year before well, Pearl Harbor. If you remember, FDR was committed to war before this happened. Oh, he, yes. He lied to the American public. He knew that we had to get involved in that war. He <clears> knew that. And but, then you know that this is something that our government does time in and time out. They've done it ever since then. They have used this ever since then. Think about Korea, Vietnam, mm -hmm. Iraq, Afghanistan. Lies Think after lies. About the lies, the, the, what is it that Reagan committed? The, oh my God, the, uh, oh, the thing where he traded arms with the Saudis for guns for the South Americans or whatever that mm -hmm. was. The, the Contra, Contra wars, the Contra. Iran -Contra. Thing. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, the Iran Contra. Yes, that. Think about what this government does time in and time mm -hmm. out. Yeah. And how do they always react? They always create something to be in war. There's always a generation at war. That's because they have to have an enemy. Been always a generation. They, they do. They always yep. do. And there's something that happens, and it's always happens. And it seems like it's when we need money or when we need the government to spend more money. Well, what it is is they just don't want people to realize the real – John, they just don't want people to realize the real threat, which is, of course, the federal government. Yeah. They, they're the ones who are threatening us. They're the ones who are hurting us. They're the ones who are imprisoning our friends and our family members for nonviolent, peaceful acts all across the country. They're the ones taking 70% of your wealth every single year and then, you know, throwing it away on whatever political programs and their buddies and industry. They're the problem. But if they can keep us thinking that it's the Chinese or that it's the Russians or that it's some other external threat or even an internal threat. Maybe they can, you know, turn different races against one another or turn the Christians against the gays and vice versa. Let's talk to Rob. He's in Vermont. You're on Free Talk Live. Go ahead, Rob. Hey, thanks for taking my yes, call, sir. Ian. And I wanted to, to sort of, you know, uh, help this last person out. You guys were talking about the government and agencies and stuff like that. And and I'm, a, a, you know, an absolute victim, you know, of the state of New Hampshire. And sure. what it is is that these towns that are around, like their states, where all the counties are, the people that work for the counties, they're all cliques, mm -hmm. you know? And when, you know, these counties, when they get low on money, they just pick somebody or a group out of thin air and, hey, that's somebody that we can get money from. We'll just send them child pornography pictures. Then that way they can get into wherever they need to, take the money, throw people in jail, and it's a racket. Sure, it always has been. I mean, what you're talking about is the good old boys network, right? Like if you're in the if you're one of the good old boys, then you're you're all set. But if yeah. you're if you're not, then you could be one of their they, victims. It, you know, it's interesting. Um, you know, you, you speak of child porn, but um, they do this with all sort. They don't use the same tactic every time. They will switch it around. So this person will get child porn. This person will, you know, they'll plant some weed on. You know, that person, you know, they'll they'll come up with some other, you know, something else that outrages the public. And they'll use that to basically, you know, uh, I, I mean, I don't know. It's always about uh, money, but it's certainly, it's certainly used by the powers that be, the politicians, and and uh, you know, the people who are, you know, law enforcement and or uh, you know, judges and prosecutors. They all use this to sort of climb the political ladder. Uh, and it's, 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 it's routine. It's not like they're doing it. It's not like the prosecutor cares, you know, about the child. It's nothing to do with that because they would actually go after child molesters if that was the case. Um, rather than, you know, well, every now and then they do find a cop every once in a while. Kids. Sure, sure they do, but it's, that's not what they focus on. They go focus on that child pornography because it's, it's easy. Um, it's, it's something that, you know, they can plan. It's something that, you know, it's, it's all of that. You know, it's something it's, they don't want to do actual work. They just want to be able to make it look like they're working and they're protecting people. And, you know, most of the time, it, that's just not the case. It's, you know, it, it's just not. Well, and, we saw that in the Crypto 6 case. Uh, right. They weren't protecting the actual victims of the scam artists. They didn't even want to investigate 
right. the actual scammers in right. those cases. Uh, what was the, the one lady got up on the stand, the FBI agent, she said that she had never caught her job is to catch scammers and she hasn't caught a scammer in 20 something years yeah, that's right. uh, on the job. How that's is right. it she's never caught a scammer if that's your job and still be employed? Well, she spent five years of her life investigating the crypto six. <laughs> Well, I mean, hey, get this. You know, there's a famous detective that's out of New Hampshire. His name is Jim McLaughlin, and this is what he does for a living. But yet he never caught anybody at the youth detention center that had molested all those kids for all those years. Mm, Yeah, good point. You're referring to the detective that became famous uh, or uh, to some level of fame. He was, he was, I don't know if he was the guy who created this whole thing, but he goes on, was going online and pretending to be like teenagers to try to wrap people up in criminal charges. Oh, Essentially, yeah. he was, that was kind of well, what he was. And, and they for. do this. I would only say to people that are listening now, and I'll tell you, my name is Robert Lamontagne. You go ahead and you Google that name and you'll see exactly what these people do to people across the country. To play devil's advocate here, isn't pattern recognition ultimately all that we are? I mean, aren't we just really advanced pattern recognizers? No, because you can be taught how to play a game. I can't Mm -hmm. teach that what you're calling AI how to play a game. And you may be right about that. Yeah, I'm not sure about that. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, there's things have gotten better. Um, You know, uh, it doesn't sound... It doesn't sound like I can't do the robot voice, but it doesn't sound like a robot voice, you know, when you're getting better, right? Like all that stuff is getting better, right? And it's not that it's not an advancement. It is. It's a development. It's an advancement. That's great. It's just not AI. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's an AI. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that there's been no advancement in AI, um, like in actual AI. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that almost nothing that people talk about as being AI because let me, let me back up and say, I need them. I would say I made the same mistake that everybody in the, you know, every non-technical person and every person in the non AI field that's in the technology field makes. I, I did not understand what was meant by AI. Mm -hmm. And once I understood it better, I realized almost nothing that we have is really AI, even though AI has made some incremental improvements over the last 30 or 40 years. It's not, it's not, it's they're, they're really, we still don't have AI, even though there's been some small improvements here and there over, you know, 30 or 40 years. Okay. But yeah. as soon as you can teach it to play a game, then you'll say, okay, now we're, now we're here. If it's not pre-programmed, uh, right? <laughs> if it's not pre-programmed uh-huh. by yeah. the programmer, right? Right. Then yeah, in theory, that would be some form of AI. Okay. Um, and there are programming languages like where you can write AI stuff, like where you can sort of, I guess, I, and mm-hmm. I don't entirely, like I said, I'm not, I, I, I have no expertise in AI specifically. Um, I've written AI stuff, but again, it's, it's not, it's not real AI. It's, 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 it's nothing more than what they're, what, what they have today. It's, it's more like pattern recognition. In my example, it was like, it was like, um, it it was, it was sort of, um, like there's different ways to write. Oh, how do I say this? Um, you can write a game that seems sort of intelligent. Um, but. There's sort of different ways to do it. Some of it is sort of, you can do it through like fakery mm. and it seems intelligent, but you could also do it through pattern recognition. And so in my case, I wrote a simple, I'm trying to think what it was. It was like a hangman, like spelling sort of game. Okay. Anyway, so the computer would act as a player and it used, I guess, sort of a form of like pattern recognition. So it didn't necessarily have to know the word, but based on mm. statistics, it could predict what the word would probably be Mm. anyway. So you could have this game with this sort of seemingly intelligent, um, you know, system, and it wasn't using more of a fakery in order to achieve that. Mm -hmm. And it it worked and it was really cool. This was 15 years ago. Yeah. (laughs) But it's not, it doesn't make it AI just because it seems like, you know, it's intelligent or whatever. All Um, right. All right. Well, it's kind of, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out. And, and like I said, I would love to have you just spend a, a half an hour with it. And I think it might be make an interesting discussion for your show, which of course is Freedom Decrypted, where you talk about uh, technology from a liberty standpoint. Yeah. If you really enjoy, uh, you know, Chris's perspective on tech, you should check out his show. It's every Saturday, about five o'clock Eastern yep. time. 
at freedomdecrypted.com. Video feed, there's audio, there's a podcast version. You can watch the videos later. Of course, we can't watch it live. Those of us who actually believe in property rights and free markets, which, of course, conservatives would like you to think that they believe in, but then they go on and they cheer uh, this kind of thing. So here's the story. Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis has stuck it to Disney by finally seizing control of what was Disney's self-governing district and informed the company that it has to pay $700 million in debt and start paying taxes. The governor, who has a long combative history with the company, took control of the Reedy Creek Board on Monday. Quote, Florida is dissolving the corporate kingdom and beginning a new era of accountability and transparency, said DeSantis's press secretary to the Daily Mail. Now, what all that poppycock means, I have no idea because, you know, it sounds to me like Disney's going to start paying taxes, which means if you thought it was expensive to get a ticket to Disney World already, it's going to, the price is going to go up because now they're going to have to pay insane amounts of taxes, right? Like, I mean, we have our little houses and I, I think I have to pay, t- you know, too much here on the, on this property. I can't imagine what the tax bill is going to be on Disney World and the surrounding various different, they've got like neighborhoods that they run and there's like all kinds of things on that, that property. Uh, the Daily Mail reported, quote, DeSantis will also rename the site, switching its name from Reedy Creek to the Central Florida Tourism Oversight District. A new bill was proposed by Florida politicians Monday, which would give the governor full control over the district and the ability to appoint the five-member board of supervisors that runs the special district. The nominees would then need to be confirmed by Florida state senators. The proposed legislation would keep in place Reedy Creek's obligation to almost $1 billion of outstanding bonds. The five-member board is elected by residents of the district, with Disney essentially running the district as its own government. With the new rules proposed, if passed, no one who has ever been affiliated with Disney would... I don't know if they wrote this correctly. It says here, no one who's ever been affiliated with Disney would not be allowed to serve on the board. That doesn't make any sense. I think they mean anyone who has been affiliated with Disney would not be allowed to serve on the board. Uh, quote, these actions ensure a state-controlled district accountable to the people instead of a corporate-controlled kingdom, said the governor's deputy press secretary. It's already accountable to the people before all of this because the people can choose to not go to Disney World. <laughs> and it actually is even more entertaining because there aren't there, – there's no uh, – I'm trying to think. The way Disney actually has control is by not having residential, like, property – in in the land that Disney controls, I'm pretty sure they have that. It's something like that. I'm pretty sure there's houses there. Um, there's there's houses that, that that's on that property that in many cases house people that work for Disney. Um, I I don't know I don't know all the details, but it may not be zoned as residential or whatever because it's a special corporate property. But it's I, all I know people is people live there. All I know is that the way like Disney sort of has control, like they pass the laws. Mm-hmm. But the way Disney retains full control is by not having voter. Nobody can vote in mm. that in that special area that Disney has. And the way they can maintain that is by not like allowing people to. Oh, may, maybe it has to do with owning property or something. That. But uh, that that's my that's that's my understanding of it. I mean, mm. if somebody wants to call it and correct us, or if you want to look it up, go for it. But um. Yeah, I mean, it it does claim here in this article that the board of Reedy Creek was elected by residents of the district. That doesn't sound right. And Disney runs the district as its own government. Of course, they're almost all Disney employees. Yeah, live in the the whole the whole point of that whole setup was so that Disney controlled the laws and the rules of the of the the two counties. Right. Disney does the power. Disney does the the fire uh, protection. Disney has all of that stuff in hand. Right. And it's like these conservatives want you to believe that they care about free markets, but yet this was a great example of a private town, basically a privately run corporate town. Oh, you know what? You're, you know what? I, I'm probably mistaken about the way I'm, I'm, I'm explaining it. It's probably it's probably Disney controls who is allowed to vote based on owning 100 percent of the property. It's probably something more like that. Chris, you did some research there during the break just to find out exactly how this thing was operating. Now, all this is going to be subject to change with the the pending legislation there. 
But what was happening as far as the board of directors or the city council or whatever you want to call it there? Yeah, so I'll, I'll read this off. My, uh, my, I think the way the article is written was not quite accurate and neither was my full recollection of what it was, but it was sort of a little A, a little a B being correct. And this article incorrect. is highly biased. It's a conservative yeah. news site. So a five member board of supervisors governs the district. And that is elected by the landowners of the district on a one acre per vote basis. But basically what that means is Disney has control over the whole area. Right. So, so they elect the board. Right. Um, the majority of land. So, okay. So this is what it says more specifically and will clarify everything for us. As the majority landowner in Reedy Creek, the Walt Disney company thus essentially handpicks the members of the board. Mm-hmm. So that's how it happens. Yeah. That's how they do it. Instead of residents voting. It's the yeah. landowners that vote. That's the way that some people would say voting should be, right? Because the landowners yeah. are the ones that have this the skin in the game. The landowners are the one that's that have actually made an investment in any given area. So it's a, it's an interesting setup, and it worked for decades. Worked fine. But- it's it's you know it's an interesting question of like how would a system like that work? Like in the sense that, it, what what constitutes land ownership? Right? Like like. If I own, I don't know, a foot by a, a square foot, right? Mm, that's do, a good workaround. Do, yeah. Right? I mean, does this actually have an, a, like a real impact or mm. is it, is it? Well, maybe a vote should be weighted then if that's the case. So well, the more yeah. land you own, <laughs> yep. the, the bigger your vote in that right. case. But then of course you also have the other, the other aspect of this is let's say you went with that, right? Well, then you have basically the top 1% having all the power. And then they can mm-hmm. make laws sure. favorable to them that uh, effectively take away the money from you and I, and we're mm-hmm. paying the taxes, and mm-hmm. they're not paying anything <laughs> because, you know, the the vote's based on who controls the land. Yeah. Well, of course, this is why there shouldn't be any taxes uh, at all. I, no, I agree. No control. <laughs> agree. But now Disney World is going to be subject to taxes uh, where they haven't been. You know, one of the, the benefits of having their own property that was exempt from the very different Florida rules and regulations was that they didn't have to deal with the taxes. They took the money from their park revenues, issued their own bonds, built their own, you know, things like power stations and uh, fire stations and, and that kind of thing. Uh, and now that's going to be taken out of their hands. According to the story here at conservativebrief.com, uh, Jeremy Redfern, the governor's deputy press secretary, is claiming that the state-controlled district will be accountable to the people instead of a corporate-controlled kingdom. Now, I understand that what he's doing here is he's trying to position corporations as bad. But, of course, what he wants you to ignore is that the state of Florida is also a corporation. So you are just moving from one corporate control (laughs) to another corporate control. But the difference is the first corporation, the Walt Disney Company, is a corporation that you are free to avoid. You do not have to buy their products. You don't have to subscribe to their internet uh, streaming television service. And you don't have to go and visit Disney World or Epcot or MGM Studios or whatever. Disney paid, let's just use their term, their number here, $700 million, right? Like they're in that, there's that much debt. There's yep. there's bonds on this uh, property to build roads and power structures or whatever, right? Like this infrastructure of running this town uh, that Disney owns. That was that was invested by Disney and their bondholders, and so now Florida, it's not wrong per se for Florida to say, "Well, Disney, y'all incurred that debt, you got to pay for it." But what the wrong part is is they're stealing all those assets from them. Right. So Disney incurred the seven hundred million dollars worth of debt, upgrading the roads or doing you know doing whatever building parks or whatever with, they're doing with and, the expectation that they could return a and profit use it. from that. Yeah. But yeah. if they're gonna take it's the money snatched. if the government's gonna take the money, well what incentive does Disney have to invest yeah. in the property that they can no longer profit from? Well not only are they taking the assets, right? Because they're taking the entirety of that uh, – well, I guess they're not going to take the property, but they're going to tax it, right? Uh, yeah, I and mean, then, presumably they're not actually doing it to such a degree that it's going to make Disney unprofitable. Mm-hmm. But if, if it if it is, if it's – if if the, I don't know what the numbers are, but if this were as bad as full nationalization, right? You can have partial nationalization, yeah. but yeah, it's not. But if, but if you nationalize it sufficiently, you will undermine the entire town and area. It, it just it's it's a really bad idea. 
What else does he say here? He says, uh, we're going to have a proposal that will make sure that's clear. He wants the state to assume control of the Disney-dominated self-governing body, which has run the Orlando-area theme parks for over 50 years. So the question is, what is going to happen to the roads? What is going to happen to the things that aren't, quote-unquote, the park, right? Because Disney had... You know, did they actually own 100% of the land or I see all that? I don't know all the like the ins and the outs of. So there's this there's this board of directors. They have some level of control over this what's called the Reedy Creek Improvement District. And so what does that mean as far as the uh, the pipelines, the sewage uh, treatment plant? Like, are are those going to go to the state of Florida or are those still going to be Disney operated? But now Disney just has to pay property taxes on them. Basically. Okay, so the way I'm interpreting this is you, uh, you know, we pay property tax, right? But in return for those property taxes, the government maintains the roads and the sewers and poorly, you know, uh, poorly, but yes. they do, right? Yeah. Sounds to me like the state of Florida is going to take money, mm-hmm. but not provide those services, services that we normally get for our taxes. Mm-hmm. That's what it's sounding like. Yeah. DeSantis wants the state to assume control of the Disney-dominated self-governing body, which has run the parks for over 50 years. He said, most likely, or rather more likely, that the state will simply assume control and make sure we're able to impose the law and make sure we're collecting the taxes, he said. Democrats in the state have attacked DeSantis for going after Disney, claiming the dissolution of the district would force county taxpayers to foot the bill for more than a billion in bond debt. But DeSantis' plan alleviates that concern. He said, first of all, it'd be a cash cow for them if they had Disney referring to the counties. Neil, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, uh, well, first of all, that's not what I called about, but I lost all my respect for Disney probably 25 years ago. What happened? Uh, Well, you know, they just, they changed, you Mm -hmm. know. They lost Walt, uh, Disney, Walt Disney and Disneyland, and they used to be about the love of family and, and children and Annette Funicello and and all that. And, I mean, you can see how much they really don't care about the average family by looking at how much they just charge the average family to get into their park. Hmm. Yeah. Well, I you know, it's uh, the one thing that you, you can't say Disney is bad at is marketing. Sure. No doubt about it. They've uh, they built a brand and it's it's very effective. But I mean, is it possible that Walt wasn't a good guy either and that maybe you're just, uh, you know, you've got these rose colored glasses on for past Disney? Even if he was a no. good guy, he certainly who uh, the people who control Disney now are not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I actually I actually I, I didn't know Walt, but I did know Annette and she just had nothing but love and respect for the man's morals and the way she was treated all the time that she worked for him okay uh, she, she said he was a wonderful man fair enough but uh actually what i was calling about and i wanted to get my two cents in on uh on the disney corporation sure. but uh uh out here where i live at where i listen to you at you know i listen to you on k2x radio um next monday we want to play an episode of love american style on there and for that, we need your help. Um, we need to get Sarah on our show out here because we've got this guy that calls into our station that is the alter ego of Sarah. His name is Ed from Needles. Okay. And we want to get them on the radio together and, and see if we can get them hooked up. You mean like as an as an item? Like dating? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They deserve <laughs> each other. Well, I mean, maybe you can. She does currently have kind of a boyfriend, so I doubt you're going to be able to uh, to woo her away. Uh, but it is... I'm sure you can offer her a little bit more handouts. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you want me to do, try to give her your phone number or something? Yeah, I'm sure she'll call in. I don't care if you have to do it on the air or whatever. Give her my phone number, and I'll give her a day and a time to call into KTOX, and we'll get Ed on there. And uh, it should be interesting. But, yeah, that would be great if you could help me out. All right. Well, I made a, I made a note of your phone number here, uh, Neil. And if we get the chance, uh, we'll uh, we'll offer it to her, okay? Okay. It's always nice to help out one of your affiliates. David, Jackson, Michigan. David, you're on the air. What's on your mind tonight? Tell you what, like I've told you before, I catch this on WKHM out of Jackson. Yes, sir. 
Great station. Usually at 9 o'clock. Indeed. Last week, we talked about the Chinese balloon that finally got shot down. Yeah, after it had traversed the entirety of the United <laughs> States. Yes, you remember. Of course we remember. Yeah. Now, evidently, what little blips of news I get, and I haven't dug in too deep because I'm kind of busy with a broken hand. Anyways. Okay. Why is this newest one shot down over the Aleutian Islands? And heck, I... Did, I think it was a de, de, wasn't a defense secretary. It may have been a spokesperson. Said, "Well, it fell on the water which was frozen." I'm thinking, huh? it fell on the water which was frozen. Now, what kind of language is that? Anyways, yeah, that doesn't make any sense. I thought it got shot down over the ocean. Yeah, I thought it got shot down off the coast of uh, South Carolina. This is the second one that's happened in the past about 15 hours. Oh, so it was a different balloon. Oh, yeah, okay. okay. Well, they didn't describe it as a balloon, and that's one of my questions is, well, if the first one was a so-called balloon, it's awful cold at 80,000 feet, and what kind of fuel are they running in these things? Solar. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe, but... uh, Well, that's that's what they advertised. That's what the news reported it as. Oh, and of course, what news? Are, I mean, it could be wrong, but, but and they often are. So <laughs> you got to right. point. Mm-hmm. You got to point. Yeah, sure. Right, and you know, if that was the size of two buses or what the little reports coming out, but the second one, just fifteen or maybe twenty-four hours ago, hmm. they picked that one off at the uh, and landed on hard water. That's about how we described it. And I said, I can do a better job than that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I did, I do recall seeing some kind of headline that there was some, some object that the, uh, the military shot down near Alaska. So that's the one you're referring to? Yep. This just happened. I'm thinking, well, and they said it was about the size of a car. Mm-hmm. Well, a car. Okay. A yeah. car. But they don't know it's Chinese, but they knew for sure the other one was. Well, supposedly the Chinese government acknowledged the last one. Yes, and they want it back. (laughs) Well, good luck with them on on that one. David, anything else you want to share tonight? I don't know. I really don't want to go into too heavy a politics. Uh, Let me ask you guys, what's shaking out New Hampshire? Oh, well, it is uh, right now. It's political season here. The politicians are, you know, they're having their session at the state house and senators and such. So legislation is being heard. There's public hearings. Uh, there's testimony. And so that's the kind of that's the time of the year that we're in right now for New Hampshire. A lot of political action is uh, is going on here. Yeah, there's there's some uh, interesting nullification bills that uh, it got some really interesting responses, actually. Um, what are you mean nullification the- bills? You're talking about the one, Chris, that uh, sort of, uh, what was it, HCR3, I think, was a resolution that would essentially say. I guess it wasn't a bill, but yeah. I mean, it's a bill, but it's not a law. It's not going to be a law. It would just be a a statement statement. or or whatever, a resolution that would essentially resolve to, I don't have the wording in front of me, but essentially, you know, say, hey, we are a sovereign state and, you know, we are, uh, we have power over the the federal government, essentially, kind of. I think so. Yeah, there was there was something interesting said about how it was like unconstitutional or something, which is yeah, I thought really it was funny. A- Even if you were to like buy a piece of land, you're gonna end up having to interact with corporations, both government and like just ordinary corporations, like oh, you know, maybe not Walmart, yeah. but certainly some corporations. Yeah, none of these things that he's proposing. Thank you, David, for the call tonight. Are going to do anything to stop the tyranny of the of the state? I'm sorry, I, and it's not to say that you shouldn't try to like go more local in certain areas. Like, you know, I like the idea of buying local uh, farm goods or whatever, and that's actually fairly popular here in New Hampshire. There's a farm uh, that's called Bardo Farm that's run by Free State Project uh, Early Movers. 
that, uh, it, it, you know, they do a great job of providing a lot of the people in the freedom community with freshly butchered meats and things like that. And those, th- those are available and they're more costly, but if you can afford to do it, then why not? That's fine. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It's like, there's nothing wrong with trying to, you know, focus on, you know, the mom and pop stores. And I sure. would certainly not discourage it. It's just, there is, yeah, when I go out to eat know, here, I'm going to local mom and pop businesses instead of Burger King or whatever every time. Right. And, and, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because like, I'm, you know, if you want to talk about like an extremist, but not in the, not in the violent sense, but a different form of quote unquote extremist, you can sort of call me an extremist in the, in in the sense of like privacy and certain sure. other areas. Like I go out of my way you do, yeah. to you spend insane time. degrees. You spend time I, and money to Retrieve privacy. Right. And I, I don't have a cell phone with a SIM card in it. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it has a SIM card in it, but the cell phone, the cellular part is off, right? So I can't make or receive calls without mm-hmm. you know, Wi Fi in yeah, order Wi-Fi, to, right. you know, with, with I can connect to Wi Fi, yeah. but, but not like, and I could make calls maybe over Wi Fi. But the point that I'm making is that is an extreme step, is, right? Um, so I certainly would advocate taking, you know, steps, not violent, of course, mm-hmm. um, steps to resist. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is going to be able to do the same thing or, you know, we can all work towards the general goals of, you know, freedom and things of this nature. And we don't all necessarily have to do the same thing even. Certainly. And nor will that ever happen. Right. It'll never happen anyway. But certainly, and we can certainly try and work together to some degree too. But if you're, if, if your starting point is, not doing business with any corporation. <laughs> it's good luck with that. Good luck with that. Yeah. I, I mean, that's the, the most here. hypocritical thing I think I've heard this year. Yeah. It's pie in the sky. It, it's, it's, it's yeah. Now, Sarah, you were explaining to us why you are just too busy. We actually had two callers tonight, uh, call in. One was, one was while you were on the line. You heard him. We brought him on with you. The other one Hi. was actually in the, I think it was in the last hour, maybe the beginning of this hour. The other caller was the one who told us there's this other show and there's this caller and they thought that you might get along really well. So they wanted you to call this other show. Uh, but you're refusing to do so because you claim you are too busy to call any other shows that we are the basically the only show with the exception of an occasional local station that you call from time to time uh, that uh, you're just too busy to take on another calling uh, duty. Right. Well, because I've been calling our state representatives on the HB 22. That bill, so I called about 50 or I call about one to three or five per day. So that takes a lot of my time. And plus, I'm doing that network marketing. You know, I got to go and find out what the addresses are and go bring products. And so I got my hands full. So you're actually running the business now? You're running the uh, network marketing business? Well, you know, I'm just a customer, but I have a, a sponsor. I mean, he wants to sign up people. So he he signs them up and he puts them under me, so I get rid of Oh, I see. So so you've got the guy that you signed up under. He's trying to stack customers underneath you, and right. that way he'll make some more money and you'll make a little bit of money. Is that the idea? Well, all I get is a free product dollars. Mm-hmm. He actually mm-hmm. makes money. He gets fifty percent of the first three months, but I see. he can find them out because I don't want to. I don't want to be the enrolled. So you're not going around. You're not doing the prospecting. You're not trying to find the customers. He's doing all that work. No, I'm. I'm the one that find the customers and like turn them over to him. How do you do it? How do you find? How do you find those customers? So I just talk to people at different things, and I give out little samples of lotion mm-hmm. and soap and uh, catalogs, and talk about how give out my business cards if they're interested. So you have business cards, but you're claiming you're not you're not trying to run a business. But I got, I mean, but if they're interested, doc, doc, I mean, Doctor Phil, I mean, oh, I was, he, he's the one that finds them up. Doctor Phil. Anybody. Well, that, that's he's that's his title. I mean, his um. Chemistry. He's got the PhD in chemistry. I see. I see. Okay, so you're so, basically you're doing work for this guy, and then he'll sign people up underneath you, and then in theory, if they sign people up underneath them, then you'll benefit from that. Right. So I got thirty spots, seven, five lines on the first line, and and twenty five on the second line. What it's happens that- when you get so much? I and mean, let's say this works out for you, Sarah. I mean, I know that you're saying. That, uh, <laughs> I 
I get I get forty loyalty dollars, and I'm not. So I'm wait, not wait, 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 hold on, hold on. You got two people underneath you right now. Um, I think I got one. One person, okay. And they're buying. Are they buying on a regular basis? Are they buying every month? Right, monthly commitment, thirty-five mm-hmm. points. And so you get points. That's only good for product. You don't get. You don't get dollars out of that. Well, I, if I want to get money, I have to sign up at least one customer myself, mm. and then I could get that two two lines in cash. But okay. I just wanted in loyalty dollars. Yeah, yeah. And um, then you can buy product with the loyalty dollars. Is the idea? Right, right. To okay. me, it's the same. If I could buy. What happens if he puts? Well, I mean, let's just say this works out for you. Let's say this guy puts ten people underneath you. And then you're mm-hmm. getting in a thousand loyalty dollars per month. Can you can you spend that in product, or are you going to be a? Can you do something else with it? Well, I think I, I could only get about maybe at the most uh, ninety to a hundred dollars free loyalty products. Go ahead, Major. Hey guys, yeah. As far as the uh, big Chinese balloon that they shot down the yes, other sir. day, that was at an extremely high altitude, and we only got a couple planes that can get that. High up. Okay, that answers my question. Those things actually have machine guns in them. I see. Because they're so high tech, I think it might just be a missile system. But anyway, I I, I think if they just poked a couple of 50 caliber holes in that pot liquor, it would have just dropped down nice and slowly. That'd have been no problem. Right. But the thing is, it came in over the Aleutian Islands and hit Alaska and then went all the way through Canada. This damn thing should have been dropped before it ever hit the coast of Alaska, right over the Aleutian Islands. Well, it just goes to show you that the whole idea that the U.S. military is, like, on the ball to protect the United States <laughs> is ridiculous and a B.S. Uh, lie. Did you know there was another balloon they shot down today over Alaska? That's what uh, somebody else called in earlier about, yeah. Yeah, it was a small one. This thing only had about the cargo of, uh, like, a small car as mm. opposed to a couple, three buses like the other one. Okay. But uh, they dropped this one on the ice, so the recovery will be more uh, complete. It won't be doused with ice, ice water and screw up the circuitry and such. But they they don't even know or they're not admitting if they know what country it even came from. But yeah. they're speculating it came from China because it floated across the Arctic Circle. And they're saying it didn't have uh, steering capabilities, you know, motorized, whatnot. Mm-hmm. Oh, so, it did? Uh, it was the second one. The second one didn't. Well, that's interesting because the first one that did that, as I understood it, or one of the earlier ones. Yeah. They're saying this was at the mercy of the wind, and, the, you know, the, there's swirls around the top of the world there, and they're figuring with the flight path and the wind, it could very well have just blowed across the Arctic Circle from China. Thank you for the update, Major. Anything else you want to share? Mm, no, but go Chiefs. You just heard highlights from the latest episode of Free Talk Live. You can download full episodes, subscribe to our podcast, listen live, and more, all for free at freetalklive.com.